0: this is viewpoint with attorney and author chuck chrismeyer viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of america's heart and home and now with today's edition of viewpoint here is chuck chrismeyer the apostle paul warned timothy that these were going to be perilous times he described a lot of what those perilous times would look like The question that I have for you today is Can God prosper you in perilous times or can God prosper you for perilous times? And if so, what would that look like and why? And here's another question. You hear the word prosperity and a lot of people are saying, Oh, okay, well, I've heard about this prosperity gospel and that isn't the real gospel and therefore, You shouldn't be talking about prosperity because God isn't interested in prosperity. Then why is it that God said that I wish above all things that you might prosper even as your soul prospers? Yes, indeed, the Bible is interested in prosperity, but it might not be just what you think it is. And therein lies our problem. We have wrong thinking about prosperity. We have wrong thinking about a lot of things. And today on Viewpoint, we're going to talk about how we can or should have wealth without sorrow. What is the journey to blessing? What does it mean to be blessed? We want to talk about that here on Viewpoint today. And I'm glad that you've joined us. This conversation is always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And today is no exception. I want to share with you a little story. Some of you may have heard this story, but going back to 1992. In 1992, the Lord spoke to my heart after 15 years of waiting for him to fulfill a previous calling in my life. He said, now is the time. Now is the time. And so, as a result of that, he said, now, I want you to sell everything you have, your law practice of 20 years, I want you to sell everything you have at the height of your career, your business, ministry, and political investment in Southern California, and go to the birthplace of the nation where I'll show you what to do. Now, that should be terrifying, shouldn't it? Well, in the flesh, it would have been terrifying except God had spoken. And so we did exactly that. We did exactly that in 1993 and have never, never, never looked back. And it wasn't about what we were going to lose, it was about what God was going to provide, how He would do it, and for what purpose the purposes that He would do it. And if it had not been for that, we would not be on the air today. If it not had been for that, we would not had a report that this program was listened to over the past several months in over a hundred different countries around the world. If it had not been for that, we would not be approaching the 27th year of daily broadcasting live here on Viewpoint, confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home. God has a reason for different levels of prosperity, and he defines prosperity differently than we do. He's not an American. He's God. And so today on Viewpoint, we have a special guest who is joining us. I've never met Debbie before. But she has a message for you and for me and for all of us for such a time as this. Her name is Debbie Kirk. She presents us with her message of wealth without sorrow, a journey to blessing, and a realistic approach to becoming debt-free using biblical principles. Debbie, it's good to have you on the program.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It is a a joy to be here.
0: (laughs) Well, indeed, uh, you're down there in Florida now, I guess.
1: I, I am. I'm, I'm initially from Washington State, and about 10 years ago, a little bit more than that, made the decision to, to travel to the other side of the country, and it, I, I've never looked back.
0: <laughs> well, is this the great migration?
1: Um, you know, The it, whole it actually, country's migrating to Florida. It, they are now, but I, I, I'm so thankful to God for moving me when he did, because I didn't know exactly why, but now I'm kind of... <laughs> I, I'm seeing a little more... <laughs>
0: Well, you say in the introduction to your book, I do not believe in a prosperity gospel. I do not believe in a prosperity gospel that goes against God's written word and principles or is singled out as a separate prosperity gospel. I couldn't say, I I couldn't affirm that more. And yet, in the past, you have uh, connected in many ways with People who are connected with the so-called prosperity gospel. How is it that you came away with a different viewpoint concerning prosperity than most others did?
1: Well, you know, for me, you know, the journey that that I've been on is, is really it's all about the word of God. And so I am, I am not against prosperity. I believe that it's God that gives us the power to get wealth to establish his covenant.
0: Well, he said and, so and... right there in Deuteronomy chapter eight.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, so I believe, and you know, God is no respecter of persons. So since the beginning of time, God has set it up that, that we would have wealth, but, but we would have it in the right way. Um, and, and many of the principles of, of wealth are found in like, you know, Proverbs, and you know, just in in ways that we conduct our character, in ways that we go after wealth. You know, the, the Bible says there's two kinds of wealth: there's there's God, and there's mammon, and, and really there's nothing in between. So, uh, my focus is on the on the Word of God, and the the reason why uh, when I hear prosperity gospel that I say that makes me cringe is because I think we've heard so many times that. You know, if, if you give one time or you, you have this one breakthrough seed, that that's going to put you over for life. But that's not, that's not what the Word says. Um, so well, I think there's things- also
0: another aspect, and that is it's been marketed to the flesh. And of the flesh, mm-hmm. it reaps corruption. So like anything else, uh, you can take that which is holy and you can take that which is God's will and, and pervert it, distort it to your own carnal nature and its purposes, and it reaps corruption.
1: Mm-hmm. It, and, and for me, everything, any teaching, you know, any teaching that we receive on really anything, it, it, if you can't find the backing in the word, that we have to, we have to dismiss that teaching. You know, if it's, you know, it's, <clears throat> it's kind of like the, the saying, if it sounds too good to be true. Well, well, God has all of these promises for us, but he wants us to go after them his way. And so we hear like a lot of people will say, Oh, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Um, you know, and those verses, they're, they're all true, but, but there's also, you know, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine Mm increase. So my, my, uh, my mission is to bring the full word because God is his word from the beginning to the end. It's it's all him. And bringing the principles with the promises and that brings the blessings. There you go. Right?
0: Exactly. So So what you're concerned about is what we talk about here on Viewpoint every day and that is we want to conform to the word, the will, and the ways of God. It's possible to say you're conforming to the word of God and not be conforming to the ways and the will of God. And so we want to look at all of those things as we talk today, friends, about prospering in perilous times. Prospering in perilous times. I hope you'll stay tuned that this broadcast will be encouraging to you, different than some of the other things going out there that are stripping away our countries and the world's prosperity. We'll be right back. Prospering in perilous times. That's our focus here today on Viewpoint. And I'm so glad that you've joined us, friends. There's a fellow by the name of Abraham. He was originally known as Abram. God told him to up at 75 years of age and leave Ur of the Chaldees and then ultimately leave his father's home. In other words, leave his whole family situation and go to the place that God would show him. Now, that just doesn't seem like a prescription for prosperity, does it? In fact, it seems like a prescription for more perilous times. Well, perhaps for a while it was, but Abraham believed God. And God counted it to him for righteousness. Then God said to Abraham this, these words, I am going to bless you to be a blessing. I want you to repeat those words wherever you are right now. Blessed to be a blessing. So the purpose of being blessed is not to heap everything upon your own head and upon your own lust, but is to be a blessing. An awful lot of people don't quite comprehend what it means to be a blessing because they don't understand what it really means to be blessed. So, God wants his children to be blessed, so in turn they can be a blessing. Our guest today says, My desire is for you to understand true prosperity and not be ensnared by the enemy or deceived by the spirit of mammon that has trapped so many, including Christians. Right, Debbie?
1: Absolutely. Um, and this was made very, very clear to me, you know, in, in, a, in a trial that I went through. And really, there is only two two things you can only serve God or Mammon. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what you said about we are blessed to be a blessing. You know, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So it, it is God's heart. It, it is God's heart to get to us so He can get through us. And and it's you know we end up being blessed kind of in the you know just in the process. But it you know it is more blessed to give than to receive. Um,
0: well Jesus said that but an awful lot of people don't really believe
1: it. It it, it it's true and I I think it is because that there's there's some wrong there there's some misguided teaching out there and and I believe that we need to bring the the truth of the word back into you know into into new believers and you know older believers everywhere in between that we need to bring back the word of God because God is his word. You know, he watches over his word to perform it. Um, everything in god always has an instruction everything so you know if it's healing if it's deliverance if it's salvation there's an action to that and and giving is the same thing
0: i think the problem is that uh in our flesh even as professing christians we're much more prone to seek the blessing than the blesser
1: you know and that that's true and and i i actually talk about that a little bit And, and I think a lot of times people are actually pursuing mammon instead of God. Mm-hmm. And and when we tend to focus on things like, you know, and I, I talk about school but gambling and, and casinos and, you know, even putting too much emphasis on the stock market. When we focus so much on those things, we get into fear. We get into rationalization. We get into, you know, we, we can't quiet ourselves down enough to hear what God is saying. You know, God may be calling you to shift something around in the stock market, but we're so in our heads that we can't, you know, we can't hear his voice, which is speaking to our spirit.
0: Well, it's very so, possible that you shift then from trusting God as the source of your provision to trusting the stock market. Yes. Trust is a big thing, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And and it really <clears throat> kind of it, it really goes down to who are you putting your trust in? And, and I think a lot of believers without even realizing it are putting their trust in money or, or mammon and, and not, not realizing that that is, is getting a hold of them or has a hold of them. Um, and, and that's what we want to bring light to. We want to shed light to that so that people can see it. They can get free from it and go after, you know, the way that God wants us to be, you know wealthy without
0: sorrow <laughs> when when my wife and i uh heard the voice of the lord to up and sell everything that we had our business our property our vehicles everything to leave everything that we knew 30 years of business ministry and political investment i'd run twice for the legislature in california was uh, a volunteer pastor in one of the most uh, one of the fastest growing churches in southern california for 10 years and at every single level we were as from people's viewpoint we were prospering greatly and he said sell it all i want yeah. you to go to the birthplace of the nation and we knew no one there zero now you can be afraid you can be terrified uh in the, in the natural way of things, but God says, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but right. of power and of love and of sound mind. So when we left, we had no business. We had nothing. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: In fact, my Christian clients owed me a half a million dollars. And to this day, most of them have not paid it. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so <laughs> you know it was in a situation where you could be just terrified but interestingly yeah. because we had this conviction that there was a specific call we yeah. did not fret we did not allow ourselves to concentrate on the lack but on the one who would provide amen and i tell you the story If I were to tell the whole story, people would be blown away, and I dare not tell the whole story. So God is in the position of making possible the impossible, but what he wants us to do, what he wants more than anything else, is not our prosperity the way we think of it. It's our obedience and the relationship with him and truly trusting him at every point, I think.
1: Amen. Amen. That's that's a good, good word. And, you know, your situation sounds it has some parallels to mine in that when I when I sold my travel company and and this was, you know, people don't understand it in the natural because I was making a half a million dollars a year. I wasn't I wasn't doing poorly, but I had this call on my heart and and I, I wanted to do something different and I didn't even know exactly what that was. But but God had had put this on my heart to do something different. And so when I when I sold my agency, and here's the miracle of God's provision when you are when you are doing it His way, when you are paying your tithes and paying your offerings and you're honoring God, He He will sell your business right before COVID for full price. You know um, that's the the type of miracles that yeah. you see when you're in covenant with God.
0: All right, now here you had a business. But you didn't have that business for eons. In order to get to that point, you had to go through a whole a whole journey of coming to grips with God's call on your life and trusting him come what may. Right? Yes,
1: yes absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So people will look at the end result. Oh, she had a very uh, prosperous business. So that's why she can do this. No, no. She hasn't got a very prosperous business because she did what God wanted her to do.
1: Exactly. And people
0: miss the journey that leads. And that journey is spelled obedience, isn't it?
1: It it really is. It really is. I, you know, I grew up with really nothing. I had an eighth grade education. I went straight to work Um, when my husband and I got married. We we literally had nothing when we Mm -hmm. went into it. And uh, just started, you know, tithing and offering at 16 years old. And it, it took a long time for God to cultivate my soul, to be mm-hmm. able to work some things out of there, to be able to, to sustain or handle the things, you know, the Bible talks about even as our soul prospers. Mm-hmm. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. And a lot of people don't understand that even as thy soul prospers, because we can't handle tomorrow, you know, what we can in like maybe five years from now we we have to grow we have to grow in the word of god we have to be obedient and then he he enlarges us so that we can handle more and we're actually god already knows what we're going to do but we're we're proving it to god we're proving it to ourselves where we stand so
0: if he can't trust you with less how can he trust you with more because you exactly. won't be a blessing to others, you'll be a blessing to yourself, and consume it upon your own lust, and then end up with sorrow.
1: Exactly, and and really, the purpose for wealth is to establish God's kingdom, right? So, so He's called us to to really to, to fund the gospel, to be <clears throat> a blessing to others, to be the lender and not the borrower. All of these things are true. These are these are not a, a like a, a special. Um, you know, a special class of people is for all that believe and obey. Um, and, but, but there is, there is accent <laughs> on the part, yeah. you know? Yeah.
0: All right. So, now I think I heard you say that at 16, you began to tithe. I did. Ah, I did. at 16. Now, what kind 16. of work were you doing then?
1: Well, I had, uh, so I had just given my life back to the Lord and, uh, I had went into a restaurant. It was one of those old A&W car hops. Oh yes. A&W with the frosted (laughs)
0: cups. Yes. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yes. So that was, uh, I, I went in there. I, I had recently given my heart back to the Lord and my husband, uh, who wasn't my husband yet at the time had, had taught me. And and I knew about tithing when I was a kid, but I really didn't understand it, Mm -hmm. but, but from that point, from that moment, I started giving, a, you know, tithe and an offering. And and actually, God, you know, God spoke to me about a percentage. And I was actually giving 20% from, from the time that I was. And I knew, I knew that I had this supernatural protection. I felt it. I felt this provision because I knew I was in covenant with God. I, I knew, you know, if there was one thing I knew that I knew, it's that he he had my back because we were in Covenant.
0: All right. Now, wait a minute. Here you are at an A&W root beer stand. Did you have to skate to your uh, uh, various customers?
1: Once or twice, and, and, and one time didn't end up well. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. But still, you were working as a as a waitress for an A&W stand, and you're tithing 60, uh, 20% As a 16-year-old. Now, let's be frank about this. Today, the statistics show that among so-called evangelical Bible-believing Christians, no more than 4% tithe. No more than 4%. That would be generous. On the other hand, among so-called mainline Christians, no more than 2% tithe. And the overall giving in America is less than 2% to any kind of uh, non-profit, uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, what we're looking at here is a nation, an entire Christian community, that is in radical disobedience to the most fundamental principle of working with God, his his kingdom and his, uh, shall we say, economic system. What say you?
1: I, I, I agree 100%, and I would have to say that the reason why uh, this has become so passionate for me is I've seen this work in my life. I know I don't have any degrees to brag about. I've, I've seen what God can do, and it, he's no respecter of persons.
3: Mm-hmm. But when
1: you look at your sphere of influence, you look at the friends around you, can, can, you, can, you, can you count on one hand or even maybe two fingers? How many people are prospering? How many Christians are really living the way that God intended for them to live? Not many. So, just
0: we, listen to all the prayers uh, when they go up.
1: Well, and, I, and I, 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 you know, you do see people go up for prayer. And, and here's the thing, you know, about, about going up for prayer is God can only watch over his word to perform it. So he cannot go outside of his word. To meet your situation, we have to go out of our situation to line up with the word, and, and and I think that's that's the whole message is we've got to bring this back to people. We we need them to to, to get on board. God says, "Well, a man robbed God. You have robbed me." in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings bring all the tithe into the storehouse
0: well people will poo-poo that and say oh that's old testament okay if that's old testament then in in the new testament jesus would say give it it shall be given unto you so you're going to give even more than that right wrong (laughs) that's not what's happening okay I want to make this book available to you, my friends. It's based on Proverbs ten twenty two. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, we'll say prosperous, and adds no sorrow with it. No sorrow. So it's wealth without sorrow. And it's not about wealth. It's about blessed to be a blessing. That's really what it's about. The book is a $15 book, yours for $13 on our website, saveus.org wealth without sorrow.
2: There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind.
0: If your marriage is not prospering, you are not prospering, no matter how much money you have in the bank. You see, the issue of prosperity has to do with more than money. It has to do with something much bigger than that. It has to do with a life condition before God that enables you to be a kingdom conduit rather than a kingdom reservoir. God wants you to be a blessing. Otherwise, what good would prosperity be in perilous times? It would be no good at all just to consume it upon your own lust and then attract attention from those that are not and come and try to take it from you. Now, what we're talking about today is something that is exceedingly important for believers today and for pastors. You see, pastors are caught up in the prosperity thing, too. Oh, yes, they are. I've been in the home of many of them. I've watched their ministries, and I've heard their words. Yes. Here's how many pastors abuse prosperity. Because they view success and prosperity in ministry by the size of their congregation. They view success in the eyes of the world by the size of their budget or the size of their building. That has nothing to do with prosperity, friends. Almost nothing to do with prosperity. Prosperity has to do with the particular calling that God has on your life, that you are provided with everything that you need to accomplish, not your purpose and vision, but his purpose and vision, and to have an abundance for every good work. That's prosperity in every area of our life. And so our guest today, uh, Debbie Kirk, has presented us with this wonderful little book, Wealth Without Sorrow, The Journey to Blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. And again, I want to make it available to you. It's a $15 book, yours for $13, on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879. Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a book, writing a check, and $4, $5 for postage and handling. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So my rhetorical question to you, my friend, is where is your heart? Debbie The heart of the matter is the heart with regard to being blessed to be a blessing, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And and I think one of the the ways that we can, we can see where our our heart is at is, is by, is by looking even at our own checkbook, you know, um, where, where we're giving, what, you know, are we giving to ministries? Are we giving our, our, you know, where's our, our giving going towards? Is it to that, that, that car that we've always wanted? Is it, you know, we we can we can judge ourselves, <laughs> you know where that's at. Um, yes, it, it it definitely goes back to the heart and our character, um, and, and just honoring honoring the the principles.
0: Well, as you said, one of the ways to keep the love of money out of our heart is to give, to become a kingdom yeah. conduit rather than a kingdom reservoir. But how yeah. can we say we're a kingdom conduit when no more than four percent? of so-called born-again evangelical Christians' tithe. That's like a non-sequitur. It doesn't compute.
1: It it, it doesn't. And, and, and I would venture to say that probably 4% is that same percentage of people that you can really see that are going over, you know, that, that, exactly. as, that are actually, you know, it's the same percentage of people that you could really call blessed and, right. and living, living in that blessing. So actually the
0: majority uh, of them... Are not four percent. The majority are probably like two percent, and it's the the numbers are made up by those who are actually tithing, ten percent or more.
1: Yeah, it, it, it it's it's a it's a very low number, and it really it, it that was part of the reason why I wanted to get this message out because. I think, you know, the Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge, Mm -hmm. and we need to get the right teaching of of the word. You know, I think, you know, a a lot of Christians think certain things, but how much are we actually in the word? How much do we really know about the word, which is our covenant?
3: Very Um,
0: few. In fact, most men will not read the Bible. They refuse. mm -hmm. They refuse. They're too busy trying to make money and be prosperous.
1: It it it's such a it's such a vicious cycle because God has it set up so perfectly for us that if we if we disobey him and his principles, we, we will see that blessing because he's not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent. So we and we can count on that when we do it his way. It, that 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 is the message. I wanna get that out to leaders and pastors and I think the beauty of being able to say it, not attached to any congregation, is you know they they can't get mad at their pastor if it's coming from
0: <laughs> <an> that <outside. laughs> Right. There, you, so you you're not trying to raise money for a building program in the church.
1: Mm-mm. No. Yeah. I just want the. I really, my heart is for the body of Christ to understand true prosperity. That God has a plan for <clears> them. He's no respecter of persons. And if you'll get in the word and you'll do it the way that he has called you to do it, you will be blessed.
0: In other words, he's not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of obedience.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you can't you know, and I I, I look at I look at God kind of, you know, I, I get this visual picture when I when I see tithing and offerings because, you know, all of God's Word is His Word. From the beginning into the end, I always say His Word is His heart. You know God's Mm -hmm. feelings on something because He's talking about it from Genesis Mm -hmm. to Revelation. It's all God. So we can't dismiss it because of its location in the Bible. You know, it's it's all God. So I look at Malachi as being like, Malachi 3, as being like, if you're not doing that, nothing else really matters because Mm -hmm. God says that you're robbing Him. But I I look at it like you know, his like like I have two fists right now and and they're they're crossed, and that God's hands are tied until we actually release the tithe and the offering, which unleashes his hands to be able to pour out that blessing, to be able to reduce the devourer for your sake. But until then, (laughs) you're stuck in in you know just with your own plan basically trying to
0: make it work <laughs> debbie some people will argue and i've heard it from pulpit to pew the argument that well we're living in a different kind of economy today than they were in ancient israel when god commanded the tithe and therefore it doesn't apply to us well let's talk about the purpose of the tithe the purpose of the tithe was not nearly so much functional as it was to test the people's trust. So. It, God says, "I look. I want. I'm, I'm putting it all in your hands. I'm giving you dominion. I'm putting it all in your hands, but I want mm-hmm. you to release back to me a minimum of ten percent to test your trust, so that you don't become trusting of yourself and your money, mm-hmm. but trusting mm-hmm. of me. Isn't that really mm-hmm. what the foundation is?
1: It, it's the foundation. Then it's a, it's a foundation now." You know, it it really is, and I don't really look. I look at the economy as being a very different, um, a very different thing. When you're in, like God, doesn't deal with amounts like what we deal with amounts. He doesn't right. care that gas is two fifty or four ninety nine a gallon. If He's your provider, He's your provider. But you have to be in covenant with Him to be able to claim that. You know, because it, it's like people think in realms of oh, that's a millionaire, that's a billionaire. That you know, but but god lives outside of time he lives outside of what is you know would be meaningful to us as far as you know the cost of things so i i i look at it more like if you're in covenant with god he is going to meet every need where you're at when you're at it <laughs> you know it, it, it and and where the economy is at god knew about the economy way before it ever no. happened and not hoping. only
0: does he want to provide your needs but he wants you to be in a position to be able to provide an abundance for every good work that he's called you to do. Not every good work he's called me to do or every good work he's called somebody else to do, but every good work he's called me to do in my sphere of influence, given my willingness to obey and so on. So, I think we, we just get the whole thing so confused and then we throw out the baby with the bathwater and say, well, that's just the prosperity gospel. Well, the prosperity gospel, the way it was promoted was, uh, sold or marketed to the flesh. Look what I can get. I can do these things and I can get it. No, that's not what it's about. It's not about what I can get. It's about what I can give. Isn't it?
1: Um. Amen, it, it, and that's how that's how God increases our 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 soul. You know, as we give and and as we increase our giving, then He can increase what He gets to us because we're increasing our giving as He gets it to us, and our soul is prospering. But that that is exactly right. The the message always goes back to the heart. You know, the so the 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 prosperity message in the way that it's been taught, or at least is partially taught. That's what I disagree with, because prosperity is part of the gospel, and, and God wants to get your heart in your giving, and, and that's that's the message it, it, that anybody can, anybody can be blessed in obedience, anybody.
0: <laughs> and God has his way. He has each person situated in an environment, in a milieu, in which... He can use you if you position yourself to be used. If you are obedient in little things, then God can increasingly entrust you with more things, not just stuff. He trusts you with responsibility. He trusts you with kingdom purposes. But if he can't trust you with little things like money, how in the world is he going to trust you with big things like his kingdom?
1: So good, so good yes that that's absolutely right it's that's absolutely right,
0: okay, now you quote first Timothy uh, chapter six, verse ten, a lot of people will quote this and say, "But the love of many is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced them through with many sorrows. The problem here is not the money, it's the coveting after, isn't it
1: it is. And I don't know, if do you want me to touch a little bit uh, on on my testimony at this point? Sure,
0: you can do uh, that right after this break. We'll give you 60 okay. seconds to contemplate it. We'll be right back, friends. Really, I want to urge you to get a copy of the book, Wealth Without Sorrow, The Journey to Blessing, because we need godly prosperous prospering in these perilous times, don't we? A $15 book. Here's for $13 on our website, saveus.org.
2: But the same can be found right now. Go to SaveUs.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's SaveUs.org. Click Sell Church.
0: Wealth Without Sorrow, The Journey to Blessing. One of my favorite songs of all time was sung by George Beverly Shea, I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than lands or anything else. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. And when we have him and then we walk in the light of his words, what a glory he sheds on our way. Where we do his goodwill, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. And that's where the conduit of blessing begins. It's called biblical prosperity, not American prosperity. Again, our guest today, Debbie Kirk, going to share with us uh, a little connection with her own life here. Debbie, go ahead.
1: Okay. So so I was, you know, tithing, and, and like I mentioned before, from the time I was 16, and my husband and I, we got married when I was 19 years old. Um, and the same owner of that A&W restaurant owned a travel agency, which is actually the one that I ended up selling um, like 23 years later. Mm. Um, so when I went there, uh, you know, it, now God had been prospering me all along. You know, the tithes and the offering was working. Now I've gotten married and a few years into our marriage, you know, my husband and I always believed in God. We always believed in Jesus, but we were stagnant. We you know we were we, we were very very lukewarm, and mm. you know we would go probably two three times a year down to Reno, and I didn't put a lot of thought into it, but but I knew that that was not where God wanted me.
0: Well, no, and, wait a minute. Reno sounds to me like you were looking for God's blessing to come out of a slot machine.
1: Well, and at the time i i hadn't I hadn't put two and two together, but that it is very it is true. You know, and and you know, you have like I knew, I knew that it wasn't what God wanted. We were, as far as I knew, we were kind of doing it more recreationally.
3: Uh But
1: what happened to me there was really a revealer um, to me of not only a revealer of the heart, but a revealer of what happens when you open yourself up
3: to Mm.
1: um, to those environments. So at the end of one of these trips down there. I was playing the slot machine. We were just getting ready to fly out, and I had won some small jackpot. And this thought came into my mind to praise the devil for that money. Mm. And yeah, it, now you have to understand. I had never had a thought like that before in my entire life. Like there was it, there was none of that in my family that I knew of. It just but it hit me like a Mack truck. Like someone took their fist and sucker punched me. And I, and I thought, you know, where, where did that thought come from? And, and I didn't know about casting down imaginations. I was, I was still a baby, you know, baby Christian. Mm-hmm. And I started pondering that and wondering why it happened. And it took me a long time of sorrow, of guilt, of condemnation, of fear, of just everything that comes with it, being disobedient. And I, I really had to, to go back and, and, and say, you know what, God, I'm sorry. I opened the door when I went into that environment and mm. I didn't realize that the God of mammon is who is residing over those those atmospheres. Yeah. So when we're when we're going after money after the lottery or the slot machines or, you know, even today it can be temptation for people to be, you know, I'm gonna go to cryptocurrency and you know, not that not the cryptocurrency in and of itself is bad, but it's where your heart is when you're going after it.
0: Exactly. And, you know, it also affects your testimony. Uh, I will never forget the story about how the prominent uh, conservative writer who and politician who wrote the book, uh, the Book of Virtues, was caught in Las Vegas, losing six million dollars mm. didn't exactly reveal his wonderful godly character, did it? Mm. And that got noised all over the world. Wow! So how we wow. deal with money uh, not only affects us, but it has it affects everybody else.
1: Absolutely, it's a testimony Absolutely. of our
0: character or the lack thereof.
1: Yes. Yes and and i really believe that because of where god was calling me to be that he was showing me hey there is only two sides to this you really can only serve me or you can serve man and make your choice and i already knew what my choice was going to be it was repent and, and 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 you know stay away from that mm-hmm. and, and honestly it was never it was never a temptation after that i didn't even know that it really was that much before But it it planted one thing in me is that I'm I'm going to go after this. I'm going to teach it to the purest core out of the word of God that there is a right way to do this. And God wants his people to prosper. But don't find yourself going after the world to get it because you're going to be serving mammon and not knowing it.
0: Exactly. Okay. Now, you have a chapter called Fear, the Spirit that Stops the Blessing. And at first when I saw that, I thought, hmm, I wonder where she's going with this. But then I realized it's absolutely true because fear keeps people from obeying God. Mm -hmm. So we think to ourselves, what if? Well, what if this doesn't Mm -hmm. work out? Well, what if that doesn't work out? For instance, if my wife and I... When the Lord called us to leave, up and leave everything that we had in California, including my uh, prosperous law practice and uh, all the other things that we were doing in ministry and so on, just up and leave it all. It shocked everybody.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: What if we mm-hmm. had thought to ourselves, but what if? But right. what if? But what if? That's fear. Yes. God, and so <laughs> the what ifs of our life actually war against trusting God and keep us from his blessing.
1: Yeah. So fear is huge, um, you know, and normally if fear is operating in someone's life, it because God calls fear a spirit, is operating in many areas of their life.
3: Mm-hmm. And so
1: a, a big one is, you know, it's kind of that chicken and egg thing too. It's like people rationalize you know, can I afford to tithe? Can I afford to do this? And so well the you, real answer, you, answer
0: is can you afford not to?
1: That is but yes. That that's that is absolutely it. If people only knew that the provision of God comes with that, the commanded blessing comes with that that um really a spiritual loss, they they would never they would never question it again. You know, and God says we can test him in it. So that's the one area <laughs> So we can test
0: him. It's the only um, place where he specifically tells us to test him. And the yeah. reason is because he so much wants us to trust him, Debbie, that he says, now prove me. Yeah. Prove me if I'm not right. But in order to do that, we have to become part of his kingdom economy. And his kingdom economy is not just about money. It's about character. It's about trust. Yeah. It's about faith it's about uh, uh obedience it's about all the things that the bible talks about that god talks about in order to ultimately receive his blessing now you yeah. quoted earlier uh, deuteronomy chapter 8 where god had called the children of israel out of egypt and uh, they had gone through the wilderness and moses is going to give him them his final repeated uh uh, shall we say, admonitions from God before the end of the promised land. So he says this, take heed, lest, whether you, when you have eaten and are full, and have built goodly houses therein, and have dwelt therein, and when your silver and your gold is multiplied, and your camels and your Cadillacs are multiplied, that you forget the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. That you forget the Lord your God.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. now
0: consider that it's not him, but you that has given you this wealth. Take heed that that doesn't happen Mm -hmm. for it is God who gives you the power to get wealth that he might establish his covenant with you as he did with your fathers. Now, that's what God said. Why is it that we cannot understand that? It's not about the money. It's about the covenant with God and truly trusting him
1: yes and I believe it needs to be taught I I believe it needs to be taught I don't know if I want to say better or taught over or just brought out in in the just the you know the purest form of the word And, and because there is provision there there is a promise there and you're absolutely right that's so powerful
0: you know, you've indicated that you had no education. What was it, 8th or ninth grade or something like that?
1: 8th grade. Okay,
0: an 8th grade education. So it wasn't education itself that allowed you to prosper. It might help some people. God might have them to get a college education or an extended degree or something, but not everybody. But we've right. taught ourselves now, and parents demand of their children that they get expend untold thousands of dollars and get themselves into horrific debt in order to do something that God hasn't necessarily asked them to do.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I, I do talk about that a little bit too, because, you know, I would rather, I mean, there's this nothing, I mean, God's anointing, his favor, his calling, that is what we are to pursue. And, you know, for me, going back to school was not the right thing for, for someone else that might be. And I never, you know, I, I never say don't, you know, don't get an education. Right. But I do say get an education that lines up with the calling that God has for your life, you know, because then there'll be provision for it. You know, He, you know, God put gifts and callings on the inside of you.
0: Exactly. So. Some people might say, well, I don't think God's given me any gift or calling. Maybe the reason you think that. Is because you really aren't walking with the Lord in covenant.
3: Mm-hmm, you made mm-hmm. a
0: confession of faith, but you're not walking by faith. Right. You really have not entered into the sphere of truly trusting God.
1: Yeah, yeah. Every everybody everybody has you know God put those gifts and callings on on every single person, and mm-hmm. everybody has at least one. Yeah. <laughs> and so,
0: well, sister, tell us. Uh, So you ended up selling this business that, uh, at that time had brought you a half a million dollars a year and you sold the business. Now what?
1: So yeah, I sold the business and you know, that, that. Did you invest it
0: in Las Vegas?
1: I did not. Okay. I didn't. So how is God
0: using that blessing for his kingdom?
1: Yeah. So, so before that, there, you know, it is the the, obviously the tithe and the offering that I was giving on the business, and then afterwards, it's been teaching the principles. It's been in 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 the project that God has called me to, which is really to spread this message out. Mm -hmm. It's 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 to live it. It's to teach it. It, It's my passion. It is you know it's my passion because it's true and it works. All right, okay. so
0: when I look at your book and I see that it is not just copyrighted by Debbie Kirk, but you self-published it. You didn't go to a publishing company to do this, which means you had to have sufficient resources in order to get the book out. Then you had to have sufficient resources to hire uh, my friend, uh, Don Otis with Veritas Communications to help get the message out to those that could help you get the message out. And all of this is being paid out of the largesse that God gave you to to bless others and be a blessing.
1: You are absolutely right, because it's about getting the message out. It really is. And that that's the, the platform that I, I pray that God uses me in. It, because it's, it's the purity of the word, and it's mm. bringing people back on track again. It's, it's, it's shifting their alignment back into the way that God wants it to be. So it's not about selling a book. It's about a, a message that needs to be reintroduced to the body of Christ. Exactly. For, for perilous
0: nation. times, because you and I are called to be a blessing. Please, Amen. my friend. When, she, when Debbie told me she didn't care how many books were sold... It was the vehicle to get a message out. That, my friends, is kingdom thinking. And so, it is with uh, holy boldness and care that we present the message to you for such a time as this. Blessed to be a blessing for such a time as this, prospering in perilous times. Now, you should get the book, I think, because it will help get the message into your life and heart. A $15 book, yours for $13, on our website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministry. Do it today. Don't delay. And, friends, let's be faithful. Let's realize everything we have is from God.
2: You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our
0: listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation.
2: Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.